Welcome to tomorrow's Leader Spotlight. I am John Laredo, your host and CEO of the Laredo Group. It is our mission to help leaders tap into the unique skills that help them transform their own life, the organizations they lead, and the people that they influence. Everyone is a leader, and leadership is learnable. If you'd like to learn ways to take your leadership to the next level, stick around at the end of the episode. I'll give you some easy steps to take. Or if you'd like to be a guest on tomorrow's Leader Spotlight, I'll share with you how you can apply. All right, let's get things going. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I'm John the Reader, your host, here today with a great guest. I've got Julie Henry, who is the president of Finish Line Leadership and also the author of the soon-to-be-released book, Wisdom from the Wild, The Nine Unbreakable Laws of Leadership from the Animal Kingdom. Julie, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's great to be here with you, John. Yeah. I was uh, remarking that I love your background and your picture of your <laughs> cheetah behind you for those that might be listening and not watching. So is the cheetah your favorite animal? You know, it's hard to pick a favorite, but uh, if I had to pick one, yeah, there's just nothing like watching cheetahs and hanging out with them in a zoo or someday I'd love to do that in the wild. That's great. Well, so your background is really interesting. I love hearing about different backgrounds. You're focused now, you do full-time consulting and work with companies and leaders all over the place. Um, you've been doing that for 13 years, but your background started in senior leadership at zoos and aquariums. Um, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, you, that's that's a really cool transition. What was it that kind of inspired you to do what you're doing right now? And how did the leadership in zoos and aquariums tie into that? You know, I was the kid who grew up loving science. I loved animals. I always wanted to be outside, but I was the child of a teacher and of a leadership trainer. So I, all of my learning was, uh, how can I really combine my love of science and the outdoors with leadership development? I just knew I was destined to do that someday. So when I was early in my career at Cincinnati Zoo and Shedd Aquarium, I was always saying, hey, this is a great place. So when other companies want to come here for retreat, because it's a different place, I want to help. I want to help do them and, you know, design those retreats. And the very first company that I got to work with happened to be Nabisco because <laughs> they have a huge plant in Chicago. And I was, you know, new professional, young professional, but they gave me a chance to work with two of my mentors and, and work with them around teamwork and communication and how, um, in this case, coral reefs can help them think about communication in a new way. Wow. So I know we don't have uh, as much time as I'd love to <laughs> talk to you and dive into it, but what is, what is the biggest takeaway people can have leaders can take away from the animal kingdom. I know they're going to read about it in your book. We'll talk about your book in a bit, but what's the big, you know, connection there? You know, to me, the biggest connection is that leadership is rooted in change. And so is wildlife and wild places. I mean, the beach is never the same. The sunset's never the same. Leading is never the same. I mean, how many times do you talk to a leader, like describe a typical day and they're like, <laughs> what? And so really when you think about, um, nature and you think about, okay, food and water and habitat. That's what animals need to survive. Well, in leadership to me, that's change, how to lead teams and how to be resilient. Those are the foundational aspects of leadership and nature can teach us. So that's the big question that leaders have, and especially now being thrust over the last two years into massive change, leaders have had to either figure it out or the ones that haven't, have not lasted long or don't <laughs> last long in their roles. What are some of the big keys for leading through change? 
Um, the first one is that you've got to have a process behind it, and it doesn't always need to be a giant change management process. There's a time and a place for that. If you need to implement a new IT system that's going to direct the airline traffic, you need a giant two-year process. But more often than not, the change you're trying to lead, like everybody to the last 18, 20 months, it's smaller scale. And when you have a process, it allows you to have definitive frames along these three steps that I teach. And also people can trust that it's not just someone sitting in a corner office or maybe in a cubicle somewhere thinking, ah, we should do this. There's a vetted process. There's a way to participate. There's a way decisions are made. And then there's a chance to reflect and regrow and try it again. So what about the leader that's really challenged with having to make a change pretty quickly because you have different waves of people. You've got the early adopters that raise their hand and say, okay, great. And you got the people that are just kind of stuck in the mud and, and you've got different waves after that. How does a leader, how can a leader, does a leader need to not worry about the people that are not jumping on board right away? Or is their goal and try and focus to try to get everybody on board with something? What's your typical advice with that? Yeah, I think that's a great question because to me, leaders need to give the chance for people to participate and communicate. But sometimes it happens really quickly. It's, I got to make this decision tomorrow and here's the email or here's my open office hours for 30 minutes, whatever it is. But then it's up to the people to take the initiative to participate, right? To give that input, knowing that that leaders after consensus, not agreement. And sometimes it's a really hard decision. I mean, these decisions that people have had to make in the last two years, Maybe there was no consensus at all. And the leader just said, we just have to you know, make a decision. So I think it's important as much as possible that they stop, they push pause, they give an opportunity for their team or their stakeholders to give their opinion, to voice their input, because knowing that those people are the closest and most likely the ones that have to implement <laughs> the change that's going to happen. But then to be super clear about the fact that, yep, and now we're going to make this change and I will come back to you and communicate what it is, but whatever it is, we're going to move forward together as a team. Okay. So that group that, that is willing up front to make the change and really doesn't fight it. Those are great advocates to have. Um, but the real challenge are those people that are slower to adopt. And it sounds like you, you leverage those early adopters to help you influence those others. Is that part of it? Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. And I think that the people that are slower to accept change sometimes don't know how to participate in the change process. You know, we make this assumption that everybody knows how to participate and they don't. Um, and so part of that is education on here's how I make decisions. Here's how we're going to operate as a team. And here's where I need your input. And here's how to give it to me. I mean, honestly, as simple as I need everybody in a room and talk together, or I recognize that some of you that don't like the change process, you're not going to feel comfortable around 20 of your team members because you're going to feel stifled. So here's this Google form I'm going to send you if that's the way you need to get um, anonymous input. So teaching them how they can participate and help you make those decisions is just as important. It's interesting. I know you do a lot of keynotes all over the place and, and I do as well. And one of the questions I always ask the organization is what's happening that I should know about? What kind of things are you trying to messages you're trying to get across? And almost without fail, every single one of them is, is we're dealing with a massive change right now. And here's what we're trying to help accomplish. What are some of the big mistakes that leaders tend to make? What are the things, if I'm a leader running an organization about to lead my team through big change, what do I want to make sure I don't do? Well, one of the mistakes is not making a decision. You know, we've talked about that enough, but just not making a decision is a mistake. 
Um, it's, it's scary sometimes, uh, but you've got to make that decision. Um, another mistake that they make is then always thinking that they are the best communicator messenger for what that decision is. And that's not always the case either, because that change is going to affect multiple groups, maybe different departments, maybe the owners, the board, the community, whoever that is. And just because you're the one that is making that decision and the leader doesn't make you the best messenger. You may not have any um, goodwill, for lack of a better word, with that community. And you can quickly erode the change you're trying to make if you don't communicate it effectively. And then the third thing I'll say is that communication to me is the biggest piece around, we just talked about messaging, but you've got to be strategic, that strategic way of when do I need to communicate to which group and what do I need them to do? We also make the assumption that people know what to do. Okay. Um, do I need you to just be aware of this change? Do I need you to actually buy in and get on board or do I need you to take action? Those are three distinct um, outcomes of my message. And I've got to be really clear as the communicator to ask you what I need you to do. So, because otherwise you're busy, right? We're just going to keep going on and going on and going on. Mm -hmm. Great point. So you've, you've written this book. This is your first book that's coming out. Mm -hmm. yep. Congratulations. It's a, that's a great, exciting thing. It's called wisdom from the wild, the nine unbreakable laws of leadership from the animal kingdom. And uh, obviously that has a lot to do with your past experience and your learnings, but what are readers going to get from it? What are the things that they should expect? They're going to get tangible ways on how to lead change, how to lead their teams and how to build their resilience muscle. So there's actual activities they can work through, sections of the book they can apply. Um, there's inspiration, there's motivation, there's case studies, both from within zoos and aquariums, but outside with all of my corporate clients that I've worked with over the past 25 years. And then there's also some fun, um, I call, well, they're brain breaks really, but I call them behind the scenes at Kiwi, uh, with Kiwi E, which is my nickname. But I wanna give them some insights into what it's like to work alongside wildlife, wild places, both in zoos and aquariums and outside. So I wanted it to be an easy read for folks. I wanted it to be something they could pick up and read a chapter, or I just, I'm really down on myself with resilience. Let me just stick, you know, go to that third of the book and they can do that and learn from pelicans, sea cucumbers, and cheetahs all about resilience. Interesting. What is your, what well, you've learned so much about animals and I, I, I love to pick your brain for a little bit. What do you, what are some of the really unusual things that you've seen either with animals that people might not know specific types of animals that tend to, you know, kind of contribute to your own leadership philosophies? You know, I think that animals, just like people, I used to, I used to describe my career as um, working at the intersection of animals and people, two things that you just can never assume you know anything about. Because I've worked with dolphins, trying to get them on camera for, for videos like we're doing distance learning. And they, you know, just didn't want, they were basically camera shy, didn't want to go anywhere near that camera. I mean, who knew? Um, you know, I, I've worked with, um, Oh, all kinds of penguins that were doing crazy things that were beluga whales that were making sounds that I didn't even know could come from an animal. I remember working with an animal called a kinkajou, um, which is called the honey bear. It's kind of a, it's a really um, cute looking animal, if you will. And they're nocturnal. And I remember the first time I was taught how to handle this animal was the middle of the day. Well, this animal looks like a little honey bear. It's got this big, long tail. It's a prehensile tail. So it means it's holding onto my arm and it's sleeping. Okay, great. Well, I didn't, you know, one of those things you don't know what you know until you know it. And so then I had to handle this animal at night for an overnight. And I remember going behind the scenes to get this animal and this animal was <laughs> running all over its enclosure. And I thought, ah, oh, this is what it means to be nocturnal. This animal is not at all the way 
it was when I was handling it at noon yesterday. And so you're just always constantly surprised at uh, what animals thrown at you. It's amazing. Sometimes I think my daughter is nocturnal. So you were describing uh, <laughs> a lot of what, uh, what she's like. That's funny. Uh, excellent. So, and where do people get, I know you said the book officially will be available on January 4th. Where can people get a copy? Yeah, they can order it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, or their favorite local bookstore can order it as well. So depending on how like you, how you like to shop, it's out on Kindle as well. Excellent. And then if people want to get more information about you, where can they go to learn about you? Um, they can come over to my website, shoot me an email there, juliechenry.com. I'm also pretty active on Instagram and uh, getting back in the Twitter world. <laughs> those handles are also Julie C. Henry. So I'd love to interact with people there. And I also post fun pictures about uh, the animal interactions I continue to have. Excellent. Well, we will put for all the listeners out there, we'll put all those links in the show notes uh, so everybody will have access. But Julie, I appreciate you joining today. I know this uh, I'm on the road here, so this is not a normal, typical background that I have. Um, I appreciate you uh, you joining today, and I hope we get a chance to dive a little deeper at some point uh, down the road. Yeah, thanks for having me. I would love that. Yeah, my pleasure. And thanks, everybody, for joining today on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader. As always, I greatly appreciate your likes, your shares, your subscribes, and of course, go down below, give a five-star review, and have a great day, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks, everybody. John Laredo here. Thank you so much for listening to Tomorrow's Leader Spotlight. If you are a successful leader or business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit our website, johnlarito.com. Go right to the podcast page and right up top, you'll see a button that says apply here. If you got something out of this interview and you'd like to share this episode on social media, I love that. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone, text it to a friend, post it on whatever social media outlet you'd like to. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media, let them know about the show and also include the hashtag tomorrow's leader. I love seeing your posts. I love getting your guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, reviews also go a long way to help promote the show and really do mean a lot to me and our team. Want to know more? Go to our website, johnlarito.com. Follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I'm all over the place. Uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.